Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Well, that wasn't very good, really, was it? Um, you know what? I think that's the first game that I've actually kind of felt pretty negatively about. Um, I know there's a bit of sort of split opinion on Wolves and even on the Forest game, but I was pretty kind of on board with both of those. Um, but yeah, I just didn't really didn't really see what was what was going on there. To be honest, for most of the game, I tweeted at half time saying that we're either kind of, you know, really really good or just riding our luck essentially. Um, and I don't really think I've got a clearer idea on what we are at the moment after that, to be honest. But that second half it was just so nothingy. Um, and I think the thing I'm, I feel most disappointed about with that is that West Ham weren't their usual selves against us. They weren't kind of up in our faces, pressing us every time we were on the ball, making life hard for us. They sat back. They were pretty passive. They, uh, I think, like the commentators, I think it was Hoddle had noticed that they were trying to outspur Spurs, if you like. Um, trying to just give us a lion's share of possession and tr- try and hit us on the counter. But they've got some good players, obviously West Ham, but I don't really think they've got the quality to be able to implement that in the same way that Tottenham do. But yeah, just just a bit disappointing. Um, I mean, it is worth noting at this, at this point, um, the, the frustrating thing for Tottenham is, right, is if we want to win something big, if we want to win the Premier League particularly, we have three teams in Arsenal, Chelsea and West Ham that all view us as their biggest game of the season. Um, I was talking to a mate about this before and, you know, the only other one than this is probably United who have City, Liverpool and Leeds. Um, but they've got that because they, you know took the piss for so long why Spurs have kind of really got the ire of West Ham and Chelsea in particular I think as far as I'm aware Chelsea is more kind of off field hooligan related stuff that's kind of at least where it's spawned from Um, I think we always used to batter them as well back in the day before the money and everything came along and they were just sort of a shit team so I guess they really revel in kind of having had the upper hand for the past few years West Ham I guess it's a proximity thing, isn't it? Whatever. It's just fucking irritating, though. It's really fucking irritating. But I can't even blame that. Um, on this instance, he didn't say... I mean, from the from the telly, anybody that was there might be able to say otherwise, but it didn't really sound like the atmosphere was really there. It didn't sound like the fans were as up for it as they usually are. The players didn't look like they were as up for it as they usually are. So it kind of feels like a bit of a... Bit of a missed opportunity for Tottenham there. Uh, I mean, yeah, we haven't lost the game. Great. It's five games unbeaten. Superb. But uh, I still feel like we should have won that. Um, it's more frustrating the fact that we didn't really carve out that many meaningful chances, I didn't think. You know, this this is recorded straight after sort of full time, so I apologise if this is coming across quite 
quite neggy. I don't mean it to be. It's just it's reactive. Do you know what I mean? That's that's how this that's how this caper works, isn't it? Um, but yeah, it was just just not a great game. Not great. Uh, it's made worse by the fact that them up the road came back and well as well. Five wins now. <laughs> five five from five. My early predictions that Haaland were going to flop in the Premier League have been very much <laughs> dispelled with his back-to-back hat-tricks. I just thought, you know, I just thought he was going to be, as Mendy said, a, you know, a white Benteke. But that's that's not the case, is it, really? The guy does seem to be an absolute total fucking monster. So, what's even the point? What's the point? <laughs> no. Um Guess some balance. Yes, this is a this is a, a game where we've historically not done so well. Well, actually, that's bullshit, isn't it? Really, I think we had a better winning record at the London Stadium than they did for quite some time. But I don't know we we all know what it's like West Ham away. They just they're usually up for it. They usually want to kind of batter us, and it didn't happen. They nearly that right at the end. I was. Honestly, I was getting ready to put a foot through the telly. Um, Antonio couldn't quite get on the end of that kind of scooped challenge that Bowen had created uh, out of nothing, really, from that kind of Richarlison's deflected clearance, attempted clearance. That would have been pretty fitting. That would have been a kind of very Tottenham-West Ham sort of ending to the game. I think the thing is, the thing that's got disappointing is I didn't feel like... I didn't have that feeling. Like, even against Chelsea, to the very end, I was like, we're going to keep fighting here and I reckon we're going to get something out of this. Against West Ham, I I didn't feel that. I didn't really feel it. Um, I just don't really see... I don't know, it's been likened to Nuno. To Mourinho, even. But it feels a little bit Nuno, even, dare I say, at the moment. Um... I don't really know where the issue stems from on this. Like, where where is this lack of urgency? Is it just, is it a personnel thing? Is it a lack of quality? Is it a system thing? I don't know. It seemed like when um, when West Ham equalised, we went ahead and then we kind of fell back into absorbing West Ham's pressure. And as soon as they did equalise, it felt like, again, that the the impetus was there again for us to... For us to attack, and it seemed like we were sending kind of waves of men forwards, and we were more on the front foot. But you know, I I can understand why we would go into this game like that. But surely, like when you've seen the way West Ham are approaching this themselves, we want to do something a bit more than just kind of waiting for West Ham to attack and just playing out this pretty stale, turgid affair where neither team was really kind of going for it just sort of knocking the ball about. Quite a few times when Spurs were on the break, I noticed as well, We, and I, I imagine this is very much a Conte directive, keeping possession. As long as we've got the ball, they can't score, which was peak Mourinho really as well. But there were a lot of times when we were breaking forward so that I noticed we were either just passing sideways pretty tamely or passing backwards. Um, Just disappointing. Disappointing because it feels like a, a game that we we really could have won. Um, a game that we don't always win. A game that's pretty nasty for us. 
And it's just, I mean, it's pretty brutal, isn't it? In our opening five fixtures to have Chelsea away and to have West Ham away. Two teams that utterly despise us that generally give absolutely everything to to that game. But, you know, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? We've, we've not lost. We've come away with a point. Five games unbeaten. If you don't win, don't lose. Um... So let's go through let's go through all the the players anyway. Uh Larice, fine. I couldn't really say much either way. I don't I don't really think there was much to comment on. He he didn't have an awful lot of work to do. I did feel like there were quite a few times and this is something I guess that's shared amongst sort of the the back four, shall we say leave Perisic out of that maybe even leave Davis out of it Davis I thought I had a good game but Sanchez Dyer, Emerson Lloris especially in that second half a fucking lot of dangerous play man a lot of dangerous kind of just knocking the ball about whilst West Ham's attackers whilst Antonio is just kind of lurking waiting to get on the end of it um, you know Lloris just not a lot of urgency to, to what he was doing um a bit weird. I, I, but again, I don't know if that's an individual thing or if that's more of a system approach. Who knows? Dav Sanchez. Well, he's conceded now. So that kind of freakish stat no longer exists. Very good. Very nicely done for the time that it was there. But please hurry up and get Romero back, to be honest. I don't, I don't really think Dav did an awful lot wrong, but I just don't think he does an awful lot right. You know, I, they were clearly targeting him for large parts of the game which is something that we see happen quite a lot whenever we basically play Davinson Sanchez um, I don't know if they've just watched all or nothing when they've seen Mourinho talking about how they he used to target him when he was at Manchester United playing against Ajax but I do get the feeling that Sanchez has been identified as a, as a bit of a weak link for us and yeah um Great, great if he's somebody that we can bring off the bench, but just let's have Romero back, please. Dyer, better performance today uh, as opposed to the one against Nottingham Forest where I thought he was a bit weak. There's a good battle between him and Antonio all game. I think I think he handled Antonio pretty well, other than Antonio's really nice little flick through to Suchek for the, for the equaliser. Could Dyer have done better there? I don't know, it might be a bit harsh. I think I would tend to fall on the side of putting that down to Antonio just doing really well creating a really good opportunity there so he's a good player but yeah there are a few times or a couple of times uh, in the second half there was one in particular when Antonio was running at Dyer and he kept kind of trying to sell him either way and Dyer just stayed focused and just poked the ball out from his feet um, and we managed to break away with the ball so yeah it was a good, good battle between the two of them I thought overall Dyer was pretty good pretty solid marshalled the defence well He's a solid player, you know. He's he's one of our captains, a general, as I often like to say. Good game for for Dyer. Davis, as I said there, another good game. I thought he he got forward quite well a few times. Played a really really nice uh, nice cross in the first half. I think it was him and him and Perisic actually seemed to link up pretty well. I think that's probably what happens when you've got two players who are pretty specialist in their in the positions that they're in respectively at the moment 
they know they both know exactly what one another should be doing and they can just rely on each other. They're both seasoned pros, they're both seasoned international footballers as well. Pretty important members of their international setups as well. They're just they're just experienced players. They know they know what they're doing. I, I think Davis had a had a good game. Um decent performance from him. Can't can't really fault him uh, for for anything. Emerson you know I, I think the the thing with Emerson is and I guess this is what Conte wants he wants a solid base, right? I think with Emerson he's he's he is decent defensively. I will give him that. He's decent defensively. And I guess Conte's thoughts on this are that he wants to he wants to keep clean sheets. He wants to limit the opposition scoring goals and with somebody like Emerson there he knows he's more guaranteed of that than perhaps playing a wild card like Spence, who he doesn't know as well right now. He's younger, less experienced. But even just from that glimpse we saw of Spence the other day, and I appreciate he wasn't... He, I don't think he was actually playing right wing back when he came on the other day. I I'm, I'm not, couldn't really tell you where... Did he take Kulisevsky's place? Was he playing in like an advanced sort of attacking role, I think? I can't remember. Honestly, I can't remember, but... He uh, that's that sort of pace he had on him, that impetus to get forwards. That's just something that's just really lacking from Emerson. And I don't, I don't think this is a system thing. I think this is Emerson and his limitations as a player. I just, it doesn't inspire me. You know, I, I, there's nothing really particularly exciting about Emerson. He's good. He's a good player, but. He's not great, is he? He's not Perisic. And I appreciate not everyone's going to be Perisic. Perisic is a fantastic footballer. But, you know, you'd think given that Emerson was somebody we spent reasonable amount of money on just a year ago, that at that time we might have been able to identify somebody that was a, a bit better than this. We've seen the Dan James rumours at the moment. I know that's kind of split in opinion. I'm not as against it as a lot of people are. I'm not. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't love the idea of it. If this was at the start of summer and we were being told that we were getting linked to Dan James, I dare say I'd throw a wobbly about it. Transfer deadline day though. Feeling like we're kind of we've either got Emerson or Doherty. I don't know if he's not fit. Spence, who isn't seemingly overly fancied quite yet, he's more of a long term project. Is there somebody like Dan James that can come in every now and again, play in Emerson's position, play in a game like this where he can stretch the opposition a bit with his pace? I don't know. It's a different. It's a different option for me. It's a different option. And I've seen people say, you know, Moore is ten times a player. I agree with that. I, you know, I know Moore is not popular, but I think Moore is a is a really good player. But that that idea of Moore playing right wing back, I, it's seemingly been ditched by Conte. I don't know. We sort of heard him talk about it in pre season and. That it disappeared as quickly as it appeared. So if Dan James could be somebody that could play right wing back, maybe I don't know. I don't really know why we're not going for Adama. I've never been that big, bigger fan of Adama, but I'd, I'd probably rather have him than Dan James. But I, you know, all I'm saying is I don't think Dan James is as as catastrophic as as people are sort of making out that it is. Yeah, it's not the most exciting. I don't think it's the best, but also. I don't mind the idea of kind of rolling the dice if Emerson is pretty much what we're looking at for the majority of the season because he just doesn't do it for me, you know? 
just doesn't do it for me. Hoybier, I mean, he's, I'm sure he'll be glad to know, he's swiftly playing his way into my good books. Another brilliant performance, I thought, from him tonight, considering that he was seemingly carrying a knock for most of the second half. I mean, the fucking underside of his boot was hanging off for at least five minutes. I thought he had a really good game. He was busy. He didn't kind of let West Ham have too much time on the ball in midfield. And his passing, like his passing is is improving or has improved or he's just more confident. He's, he's always had, kind of had them in his locker, hasn't he? The ability to sort of ping a ball here and there. But it's more the frequency and the consistency with which he's hitting them at the moment, which I think is particularly impressive. He's he's playing well. Um, and obviously it's due to Ben Tanker's injury that he wasn't in the side. But as I said in the last pod, I did want to see Basuma in and the player I did want to see make way was Ben Tanker, uh, which is not something I thought I'd hear myself saying because I've, I've never been particularly the biggest fan of Hoybier, but he's been really good this season. He has. He's been really, really good. And he was really, really good again today, I thought. Um, so long may it continue because he he just gives his all, doesn't he? he? He He's got a real engine on him. And I know it shouldn't just be about that, but in these kind of games especially, that sort of thing helps. He's a... Yeah, I think he's a, he's a good player. When I heard that we were maybe going to lose him to Real Madrid... I didn't like the sound of that. You know, I, in my gut, it was, uh, I don't I don't want to lose this player. This player I've bitched about for the past two years and sort of said I don't think he's good enough or is at least is just a squad option, not somebody that we should be relying on. It struck me. I didn't like it. I didn't like the thought of him leaving the team. Maybe at the start of summer, if we've got time to replace him with somebody, give it some proper thought, great. But now, at this point, or even in January, if they sort of came from then, I wouldn't want to lose him. I just don't like the thought of it. I think he's a, I think he's good. I think he's good. I think he's having a good season. Um, happy to have him on board, you know. Eve Basuma. I mean, I've been clamouring for him. Been really wanting him to to come into the side. Shown so much promise at Brighton for the past few years. Really exciting signing. Had really high hopes for him. Pretty awful first half, wasn't it? If we're being brutally honest. Pretty awful. Uh, I can understand the occasion kind of getting to somebody a bit. We know what West Ham are like against Spurs, but I don't even feel like it was that occasion. He had plenty of time on the ball to try and do something with it. And I think there were two or three occasions when he sort of squandered possession, when he wasn't really under much pressure or anything. He... uh, He... It was pretty frustrating that he ended up getting booked with after that Bowen incident when he didn't you know, he didn't even touch Bowen. I think maybe he, he clipped him as he walked past him by accident, but Bowen just sort of fell over. Referees misinterpreted that as him being fouled off the ball. And then Basuma just kinda of lost his nut, threw the ball down, got booked and just kind of looked like he was a bit headless for a while after that. Toward the end of the second half it looked like he was growing in confidence. He was starting to settle down, come into the game a lot more, becoming a bit more of a dominant presence in our midfield, passing the ball about nicely, moving off ball pretty nicely, always being an option around the box, especially 
for Kane or Kulosevsky or even Perisic to, to pass to a nice outlet. Um, so, you know, let's just put it down to he's a, maybe, he's, maybe he's just a bit of ring rust there. Um, he hasn't been playing consistently for Spurs. So let's just give him a bit of time. You know, I'm sure under, under Graham Potter, I'm sure he's got a very specific kind of role he's been doing for the past few years. Um, Potter seems like a pretty kind of precise manager, pretty kind of locked down. I, I can't really think of what I'm trying to say, to be honest. I just think Potter clearly has a has a plan that he wants to stick by. And I can imagine if basuma has been in the system, that's like I say, he's where he's had a very prescribed role. It's going to take some time to get used to this new system, to get used to Conte. He's still a young player, relatively speaking. Let's just give him some time. I'm still happy we got him. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not pissing on or anything. It was just. It was a little. I. I. I think where it comes from. I. I just thought he was the profile of player that was going to grab his opportunity with two hands. You know, he was going to dive headfirst into this and really make a name for himself. But on that showing, if he's fully fit, I'd probably rather have Ben Tanker back in the starting lineup. You know. Um, so I can say, really. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Perisic. I mean, the guy's a, a phenom, isn't he? He's, I said a few weeks ago, he's one of our best players and I still stand by that. I think he's he's a fantastic player. And I know a lot of people are losing their asses at the moment about the transfer window. Fine, that's fair enough. I've between you and I, peek behind the curtain. I was just saying the other day, this just I feel like it would have been nice that when I, when we got that link to Carrasco, and you were thinking, oh, that's it. It's the last sort of sixty mil signing just before deadline day. Carrasco out of the left field completely, but that would have been nice. I felt like it would have been a lift for everybody, seeing everybody around us spend quite a lot of money you know West Ham just signed that Paqueta lad who arguably should have scored as well when he came onto the pitch looked a bit timid but I think I don't think he's even trained with the team or something or maybe he's had one training session so arguably a bit of a weird decision for Moyes to bring him on but that's kind of the, the circumstances in which players can sometimes make themselves heroes isn't it but my point is if, if even Perisic had been signed for 30, 40, 50 million pounds. Number one, I don't think that would have looked like money wasted. Um, even if he is a bit old, I know that. But I'm just talking about in terms of his output so far. But 
he just looks brilliant. He looks brilliant. He looks fit. He looks strong. No kind of like problems adapting, has he? You know, he's just he's just taken to it straight away. He's just a serious, serious pro, serious footballer. Um, and it's funny when you add somebody like him into the team, somebody of real quality. It does stand out, doesn't it? It really does stand out. So it does kind of make you think like. It just highlights more with players like Emerson, who I was banging on about earlier, where that's a transfer that's not it's not really worked out the same way, has it, already? You know, you can already see that Perisic is just miles better. You can just see that he uses class. Um, he's just a really brilliant player. I'm really glad we added him. Uh, he's going to be really important for this, for this season. Kulisevsky. Running out of superlatives again. Another another fantastic performance. He was it was terrorizing West Ham down the right hand side of the pitch for yeah the majority of the game until he came off. He's a fantastic, fantastic player. Can't believe he's ours. He's young. He's brilliant. Uh, he was getting very frustrated that nobody was getting in the end of some of his some of his kind of balls that he was playing into the box and stuff. You could see that. Kind of got the feeling he was getting a bit annoyed with Son. I think there was one chance in particular that he, he gave over to Son and Son didn't really do anything with it. Um, so he's he's driven. You know, he's not he's not a wallflower. He's one of the younger players in the team, but he's already one of our senior members. You know, he's one of our best players already. He's fantastic. He's brilliant. I'm so glad he's ours. Um, I think teams are getting the measure saying this the other day and I do think teams are getting the measure of the fact he has to cut inside to to have a shot quite a few blocks on him again today he's just going to have to work with that he's going to have to learn to adapt uh, but I've got faith in him to do that he's he's a fantastic player Hummin Son it's, it's really difficult isn't it man it's really difficult it's horrible because you do want to stick by Son but it just ain't happening for him at the moment, you know. I guess you might argue that if he, if it wasn't for the own goal, you know, he was, he was made, he made the own goal. It was his goal, really, because if it wasn't an own goal, he was scoring it. And he got into the right position, ran onto the pass, would have scored it. He would have scored it, and even though he basically did, he didn't. And it's just a bit annoying, you know. You'd hope that just that little confidence lift he could have had if it had just been his name on the scoreboard, on the score sheet, where he could have gone. But there was that opportunity a bit later on when Kane looped the ball over to the top. And as Hoddle called at the time, the son, you're expecting Son to just cushion that, take it in his stride and have a good effort on target. But he just did that sort of like 50p headed attempt at controlling it. It just bobbled far too much ahead of him. It's just not good, is it? It's just not. He's not at it at the moment. He's not at it. I'd start Richarlison next game. I would. I, I feel that way now. I feel like I'd drop Son now. I'd, st- I think I'd rotate Richarlison in. Yeah, yeah, I would. For Fulham, I would. Um, and it feels harsh. It feels harsh, doesn't it? Because Son's 
such a good lad. And I don't think it takes away from anything I've been saying for the past few days about Son and what a loyal servant he's been to the club. But it's just it's just not working at the moment. Um, I'm not feeling that synergy between the sort of the front three. Although in saying that, I say that, but our goal came from those three connecting. So who knows? I just you know. He just doesn't feel that dangerous at the moment, does he? Harry Kane. Pretty quiet game by his standards. You know, there's always a lot of... There's always a lot of toil, isn't there, with Harry Kane? There's always a lot of endeavour. He works hard. He drops back quite a bit. Maybe a bit too much. Maybe we do need that creative outlet in midfield, even though I've been kind of... Rallying against it, Milanovsky or no, it's not going to be James Madison now, is it? But maybe we need that player. Does, does that stop Harry Kane from dropping back? I was thinking about this. We think about Erling Haaland and what he's doing at Manchester City, and I think I feel that Kane would probably score. If you think about the opportunities that Man City create, I feel like Kane would probably score as many goals as Erling Haaland is scoring there, there or thereabouts. So, sometimes I just want him to like lose this feeling of responsibility that he has to drop back and turn provider. Maybe it's what Conte wants him to do, but Harry Kane is always going to be, he is, he's a fantastic provider, he's brilliant, I love his passing, but ultimately, really, and I think most of us would agree, right, you want to see Harry Kane in the box. You want to see Harry Kane getting on the end of whatever it is, Kulisevsky or Perisic is floating into the box. You want Harry Kane there to put it away. And it felt like we didn't see enough of that this evening. It felt like Kane wasn't in those dangerous positions enough. And again, it's hard to know if this is a system thing or if this is just what Kane wants to do, the way he, in which he's kind of evolved his game. And it is something we sort of shower him with platitudes about. But in a game like this, sometimes maybe we do just need to get a bit more old school. Just get the big man in the box and just pump balls into him. We've got somebody like Perisic now that can just deliver beautiful balls. And he did several times this evening with nobody on the end of him. It's just it's just quite frustrating, isn't it? There was that other one as well, that brilliant pass that he played through to Ben Davies and Ben Davies couldn't quite couldn't quite get there. But I don't know, he just I just want to see Kane in the box more. <laughs> Ultimately that's what I want to see. I want to see him scoring goals. Um because that's, that's what he does best. It is what he does best. And Spurs are at their best when Harry Kane is scoring, so Let's just let's just focus on that. Uh Richarlison when he came on again, busy, is a menace. He nearly <laughs> it would be really harsh to kind of blame him for this, but you know, he would nearly turn provider for for West Ham's almost winner right at the end. That kind of clearance was a bit bit of a duff, but like I say, that's that's been particularly harsh. He uh the second he came on the pitch he Dropped the shoulder, didn't he? I can't remember who it was that he skinned, but skinned somebody and played that nice ball through to Kane. Kane couldn't quite do anything with it, but he's a he's a busy player. He's a dangerous player, Richarlison. 
and he he really is exciting, isn't he? Like he's he's an exciting player to have in the side. Sorry about that. He's an exciting player to have in his side, and it's time now, isn't it? You know, his confidence is is through the roof. You've seen people saying, and you can believe it, that you can tell he's the one player that thinks he's better than Harry Kane, that thinks he's the best player on the on the team. And I don't think that's in a in a sort of nasty way, as much as the kind of the media have been sort of mischaracterizing him all week. Um, not just the media, other professionals, ex pros, and stuff as well. Some really bizarre takes. I can't really be asked to go off on that again. I find it exhausting. I found it exhausting how bizarre the sort of commentary around Richarlison has been this week. Fucking bizarre. Jermaine Pennant, um, AP, friend of the show, been on the show a few times. AP tweeted about it saying, you know, I've now lived long enough to see Jermaine Pennant dishing out lessons on morality. And it's true, right? I mean, just shut the fuck up, man. All these guys. It's, it's bizarre. It's really bizarre behaviour. Um, but yeah, let's let's get him in. Let's get him in Fulham. I'm I'm not looking forward to the Fulham game though. You know, I think they're a decent side. Mitro is uh, he's on fire this season. He's really on fire. He's looking trim. He's looking up for it, and they they look up for it. They the way they've been playing in the couple. I saw him play against Liverpool. And I watched, I can't remember what else, I watched one of their other games. They they pass the ball about really nicely and they've got a lot of really kind of nippy, pacey sort of players that I just kind of worry about them coming at Spurs. I worry about the sort of the damage they could do to us. Hopefully they'll, that that will mean they leave themselves exposed and we can we can prey on that, but... It's going to be a tough game. It is going to be a tough game. It feels weird saying that of Fulham because they're so used to them just being a pretty bang average team. But I, I think they're they're a bit different this year. I mean, they they spend so much money. They're another one of these fake fairy tale type stories, right? When really they they spend loads and loads and loads of money. But yeah, they uh they they have um and they're going to be good. And they're going to be dangerous. But whatever, one one. I sound, the thing is, I probably sound a lot more negative than I am. I'm actually really tired tonight. I was deliberating whether or not to record this tonight or to record it tomorrow. But I thought I'd do it tonight. You know, quite a few American listeners. So I want to sort of try and stick with the habit of getting these out as soon as I can after after the fact, after the games. Because it's also good, I think, for me because it's it's... It's me just clearing what's on my mind before I kind of take it. I, I do this before. I don't watch any of the post-match or anything like that from the from broadcast. This is just me with my own, you know, bad takes. <laughs> bad takes and shit opinions um, on the game. And sometimes I do revise them. You see, you know, when I when I record this, the later on shows and stuff like that, my takes will change and they will whatever but yeah I'm basically I'm not I'm not that negative I'm just quite tired at the moment uh it's been a pretty pretty hectic day so one of my big gyms I go to the gym pretty much you know you wouldn't think it's like me about five times a week though um I have something called hyperthyroidism which I only got diagnosed with a year or so ago um 
but basically yeah my metabolism sucks and I get really tired and I get a lot of joint pain and all this sort of stuff um, but thankfully thanks to the wonders of modern medicine uh, I don't get a lot less symptoms anymore I do sometimes a lot of brain fog and stuff like that but um going to the gym helps I, I lift I lift bro I lift quite a lot and it really helps with joint pain and all this sort of stuff but today was my uh was my deadlifting day um and I've actually managed to build up to I'm sure some of you Roy deads listen to this and people that don't like gym don't give a fuck but I'm at the end of the pod now anyway so you know whether it's a one-man show I'm gonna get a bit self-indulgent the whole thing's self-indulgent okay um 120 kilograms I'm up to now deadlifting 120 kgs um which I'm quite happy with considering I've never I'd never before a year ago I'd never even done a deadlift um in my life so 120 kgs like I say about a year ago I was struggling to even get out of bed without feeling immense pain and you know whatever physical pain fuck hyperthyroidism big up the gym love deadlifts but I'm fucking tired I'm really tired I'm sorry if this pod's been really naggy it shouldn't be we've gone away to Stamford Bridge we've gone away to West Ham opening five games of the season and we haven't lost either of them in the context of an entire season that's not so bad it really isn't bad at all it just feels really fucking frustrating right here right now but still Tottenham Hotspur unbeaten in the Premier League five games no losses it's been a lot worse it's been worse right it's been worse Fuck what Arsenal are doing. The wheels are going to come off of that soon. 1st of October. That's when the wheels are coming off. Fuck them. Come on, you Spurs. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavourless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 